Good evening, brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, today's Bible reading is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 39 to 56. Um, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you, young women, you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been merciful. He has been mindful, sorry, of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will be blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. This is the word of the Lord. Hello, my friends. Uh, my name is Amy. Uh, I'm the Kids and Youth Minister at St. Jude's. If you haven't met me before, uh, it's great to be here. I'd love to say hi after the service. Um... Last week um, at our 10 o'clock service, had the great privilege of uh, witnessing some of our teenagers uh, get baptised and confirmed. Uh, and like for a youth minister, that's like the highlight of my year, right? Uh, so great to see these young people stand up and declare their faith in Jesus and their commitment to wanting to keep following him for the rest of their lives. Um, it's such a huge encouragement to see God working through our young people here at St Jude's. Uh, and our passage today is about a young person, Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus. Now, when we think of Mary, uh, we often think of someone like this, this regal, stained glass portrait of someone who looks appropriately distant and holy and far apart from the rest of us normal plebs, right? But, really, I think we should have a picture of Mary that's more like this. A young teenage girl, somewhere between the ages of 12 and 14 years old, who hasn't been a mum before and is just one of your average teenagers in the small town of Nazareth. Now, this teenage girl wasn't chosen because uh, she had all of this experience babysitting uh, other family members or because she'd made a name for herself in a small town. Uh, She wasn't chosen because she deserved it or she worked for it. She was chosen simply because that's who God decided to work through a young person who was completely dependent on him. And I hope today that we can be encouraged and inspired by the response of this teenager to be completely dependent on God, to trust him in all things and to praise him for his goodness to us. So let me pray that that would be the case for us. Our loving God, you work in amazing ways through humble people. Please open our eyes to see your work in this passage today and in our own lives. 
that we might humbly trust in you and give you all the praise and glory. Amen. Now, I do have some objects. Uh, you know, I love good props, so uh, I'll be pulling those out later, so stay tuned for those. Um, but last week, bit of a background, uh, last week we did look at the passage that comes just before this where Gabriel is the angel and he announces to Mary that she's going to have a baby. But not just any baby, this is going to be uh, the saviour of the world baby, the king of kings baby. So no pressure or anything for poor Mary. Uh, and I, I want to... Um, I want to explain how exciting and like gobsmacked amazing this would be for Mary, right? So all throughout the Old Testament, God made promises to his people. He promised Abraham that the whole world would be blessed through his family. And then later on, he promised King David that there would come a king from his family who would rule forever. And his kingdom would never end. That these are big promises. And then he promises the prophets that there would be a saviour who would come to save people from their sins. And since the last prophet in the Bible, just before the New Testament, they've been waiting for like 400 years, that's the gap between Old Testament and New Testament, for God to make true on these promises. So, Israel has been waiting for this. Mary, who is an Israelite, has been waiting for this. And so when the angel Gabriel comes, he brings this big announcement. This is it. The baby's coming and he's the one that's going to save everyone and be their forever king. The whole world will be blessed through him. And what does Mary say? Right at the end of the passage we looked at last week, she says, I am the Lord's servant, May your word to me be fulfilled. I think that is an absolutely amazing thing for her to say. Uh, I would be very scared at this announcement if I was her, but she humbly accepts her part in God's saving plan. She faithfully commits to serving God in this way. Now, our part in God's saving plan is not quite the same uh, because there is only one saviour that was born to save the world, that's Jesus. But God does call us to a life of faithful obedience. And while we wait for Jesus to come back, to return to us, we are called to keep pointing other people back to Jesus, the King of Kings. We're called to do that in what we say and in how we, uh, how we live and interact with other people, by our actions. No matter the cost, on our friendships or our work colleagues. And I think like this time of year, Christmas time, we get like a free pass from society to talk about all things religious, all things Jesus. We've already had a chat tonight about what's your favourite Christmas carol. If you could have that chat with a friend who doesn't know Jesus and point the conversation to Jesus, how good would that be? Amazing. I was like stunned at all the nativity scenes that I saw um, in like some local community centres and some shopping centres this week. It's a, it's a great opportunity that we have to keep on sharing our faith with those who don't yet know Jesus. Uh, and so, as we think about Christmas coming up in these next few weeks, how are we going to use this opportunity? 
Who would you invite to a Christmas service, maybe? That would be a great thing to chat about over dinner later. <clears throat> okay, back to our passage. Um, say someone was pregnant here. What would be one of the first things you would do in that scenario? Anyone? Anyone? Congratulations. I mean, yes, we have to tell someone to get the congrats, right? So, here's the first one. You've got to announce it. Make a big announcement, right? Okay, so you might, like, uh, tell the dad. You might tell a close family friend or other family. You might, like, put it on social media, whatever. Um, there's a baby announcement. Now, I was doing some research, just in case anyone here needs to know it for the future. Um, these were my top three that I like, baby, uh, like pregnancy announcements on socials. So um, here we go, here's the first one. The typical bun in the oven. Oh, that was real cute. And then um, the next one, uh, it's a bit extra if you're like ever up to like number four in your future. You could do like a Star Wars vibe. Um, and then uh, if you ever get twins, this is the next one, the plot twist. Oof. Now, before you announce to the world on socials, um, that you're going to have a baby, you usually tell close family and friends first, right? And so the person Mary goes to visit is her cousin, Elizabeth. Her cousin is much older, um, and her cousin Elizabeth is also having a miracle baby because she's an old lady, didn't think she could have kids, but God has given them this miracle. Now, this does take a bit of time for her to get there. Mary can't just like get into a car, drive 20 minutes and lo and behold there's her cousin. She has to walk two to three days to get to um, her cousin's house in the town, um, in a little hill town in the country of Judea. Okay? Uh, so she's got like three days to work out exactly how to announce that she's pregnant with, um, with the saviour of the world. No, no big deal. Um, so by the time she gets there, so three days later, uh, she walks into the house, Elizabeth and Zechariah's house, says, hi, Elizabeth, I'm here. And then... <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Baby John the Baptist steals her thunder. If you read with me from verse 41, you, that was like the biggest reaction all day, guys. Well done. Um, when it, from verse 41, it says, When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. So as soon as Mary arrives at a cousin's place, the baby in Elizabeth's womb, still inside her dummy, is described as leaping for joy. This is not just a normal baby kick. This is the word that is used for describing lambs leaping around in the fields. It's a big leap, okay? It's a big movement, and it's basically little John the Baptist's first prophecy from within the womb, 
Amazing. And then Elizabeth herself is filled with the Holy Spirit and she prophesies to Mary with a joyful outburst. She uses the word blessed like heaps of times. Um, so I want to go over what that could mean here. Uh, using the word blessed is like acknowledging that God has given something really good to you. Or sometimes it's asking God to give you something really good. And sometimes it's God saying, I'm going to give good things to you. So like a promise. The things that God gives us might not be material things. Sometimes they are. But they are always for the good of the person and also the good of his overall saving plan. So Elizabeth calls Mary blessed because she's been chosen to carry the saviour of the world. God has shown favour to her. This young teenage girl will be remembered for this great task that she was given and her faithful obedience to God. And then she calls the child blessed, that's Jesus, because she knows that this baby is the one that's promised by God. This baby is the Lord, the one who's going to be a blessing to everyone like God promised Abraham. And then Elizabeth herself is favoured or blessed too, simply because Mary, the mother of Jesus, has visited her. And again, she commends Mary for her faith in verse 45. She is blessed because she believed the message from the angel and trusted that God would fulfil his promises. Now that's really quite significant because uh, Elizabeth, her husband Zechariah, also received a message from God that Elizabeth would have a baby, and he didn't believe it. And so he was made to be silent, couldn't speak, until his baby was born. So that was a sign of a lack of faith. So Mary instead is blessed because she immediately believed. How good is that? She received God's favour, his grace, and the result is blessing from God and others in Jesus. Even now... Years later, we still look on Mary as someone who was favoured and blessed by God. But we've always got to remember why. She's called blessed because she believed God would fulfil his promises. She was humble and obeyed God. It's not because she was an extra special person who deserved this. We too are blessed because of the child she carried, because of Jesus. Because everyone who trusts in Jesus is saved. That's what he was born to do. To grow up fully human, fully God, to take our place and die on the cross, to take the punishment for all of our sin, and then to rise again to new life on the third day so that we would all have new life with him forever too. Now Jesus reigns forever, the King of kings in heaven, and is waiting for more people to put their trust in him before he returns. So our blessings right now, we're forgiven, we're saved, we are God's adopted children, we're part of his family. These are the spiritual blessings that we get now. We, are, we say brothers and sisters all the time because we are family, we who believe in Jesus. And the Bible shows us that God fulfills his promises, just like Mary said he would. 
And so we've got no reason to think that he wouldn't fulfil his promise to return to us one day. If you're not sure about that, I'd love to chat with you. I'm sure Larissa would and Sam would as well. So please come and talk to us uh, about Jesus after. We'd love to explore that with you some more. Now, after the big announcement, after the big announcement, uh, Mary does something quite amazing that also reminds me of how spontaneous young people can be, maybe even some of you, let's be honest. Um, Okay, she bursts into song. It's amazing. Um, This is a great song um, because she's praising and glorifying God. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. Why? Because he's been mindful. He's thought about this girl, Mary. He's chosen Mary to be part of his saving plan. He's thought about her and chosen this humble servant to bear his child. It's amazing. And so she sings praises to God. And it's uh, it says something amazing that that is the thing that she does. She praises him. She doesn't let this go to her head, so she's not arrogantly saying, respect me, I'm the mother of the Lord. No, she takes on her new responsibilities that God has given her and praises him for choosing such a lowly servant. So this is not false humility, where like if you remember the hashtag blessed gets thrown around a lot when it's a bit of a humble brag. Not that. She knows the reality of who she is before God. She refers to herself as a lowly servant. And she is. She she is a person of low social standing. She's a teenager from a small town. She's not even married yet. And she's about to have a baby. This is like worst situation for her to be in. But she is fully and completely dependent on God. And she calls God Lord, Saviour, Mighty One, Holy. She knows where she stands before God. She knows her place before him. She knows she's undeserving of his grace. And she knows she's, she's completely dependent on him. Yet God has decided to use her for his saving plan. He has done great things for her, like he says in verse 49. And so now surely generations will come to call her blessed. And they do. And they still do today. But this is where we need to take our cue from Mary, who praises God and not herself. We are never meant to worship Mary. God has blessed her. He's used her. But Mary worships God and thanks God that he would look on such a humble servant. We are meant to worship the God who blessed her, the God who blesses us with Jesus our Saviour. You see, God doesn't just do great things for her, but for everyone who has feared him, who trusts him throughout the generations, in verse 50. His mercy extends to all generations. With his mighty deeds, in verse 51, God has delivered his people from Egypt and he's also working to deliver his people from sin, now through Jesus. He scatters the proud, 
those who are so fiercely independent and arrogant that they think they don't need God to save them. And maybe you remember a story from Daniel, the story of King Nebuchadnezzar. He's one of those kings that had really big statues of himself built um, and made everyone worship them. God truly humbled him. Like he brought this king right down. King Nebuchadnezzar became like an ox, like a wild animal, eating grass, not being able to speak. Finally, he was given his right mind. He realized, oh my gosh, God is the one we're supposed to worship. It also says in verse 52 that God humbles the powerful rulers and lifts up the weak and humble. And maybe you remember the story of Joseph who was sold into slavery and thrown into prison to be raised up as second in charge of Egypt just so that he could forgive his family and save them from starvation. The song also says that he fills, God fills the hungry with good things and the rich go away empty. And maybe you remember uh, the story of the rich young ruler coming to Jesus and he asked, what must I do to be saved? I follow all the commands. What more is there? And Jesus says, well, go away and sell everything that you have. And the rich young man goes away sad. And it reveals where his heart lies, that he's fully dependent on his riches, on his possessions, material things, And he's not dependent on God. So he goes away empty. These are not just descriptions of what God has done throughout Israel's history, but they're also descriptions of the great reversals he will bring in his future kingdom. Check it. So, you know, when you're playing, you know, and you're on the winning streak... But then the person next to you puts down the reverse card, it goes back the other way, and then like someone else next to you puts down the, the draw two, and suddenly you're like picking up 16 cards before you know it, and your whole game is ruined. It's like that, except 10 times worse. Depending on which side you're on, right? If you are, uh, if you're on top of the world now, there's no need for God, you'll be turned away from the gates of heaven empty-handed. But if you come to God now empty-handed, knowing that you need a saviour, knowing that you trust Jesus, then you will be filled. You will come to the gates of heaven and you will be let in. Yours will be the victory when Christ comes again. So Mary's song ends with this reminder that God has helped his servant Israel because of his mercy, just like he said he would, just as he promised. And Mary has had this immense privilege of hearing these promises and seeing it fulfilled because she's carrying the Saviour. And she looks forward to the fulfilment of all that that will bring. And I hope as we reflect on Christmas this year that we do too, that we look forward to all of these promises and what they mean for us. Because this time of year, we, we don't just think about the first time Jesus came into the world. We think about the promise he gave to return. Mary had this great faith in God, and I hope we do too. Be encouraged that God works through lowly, humble people like teenagers. Lowly, humble people like you and me. That he can use us even for his great plans. 
but he might even use one of you this Christmas to bring someone to know Jesus. He has blessed us with the saviour of the world, with Jesus. He has given everyone who trusts him the Holy Spirit and may that give us even a hint of that boldness that Mary has to accept God's will for our lives. So my big finishing question for you is how might God use you this Christmas? If you've got um, people you know who are not yet saved, friends or family, please be praying for them. Keep praying for them that God's blessing of salvation would be extended to them as well and that this song would be about them. Pray for an opportunity to talk to them about Jesus this Christmas. Maybe you could invite them to one of the Christmas services. Um, I mean, there's a fantastic choir. They started rehearsals today. Uh, bring, them, bring them along to here and strike up a conversation with them about who Jesus is to you after. <clears throat> God has done great things for us and so I also really hope that we are filled with the same joy that Mary has that makes her burst out into song. Uh, and we're going to do that right now as well. So band, come on up.